Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, we are picking back up the missionary journey of Paul and his companions. Today, we are looking at Acts 18, 19 through 1941. That's chapter 18, <laughs> verse 19 uh, through chapter 19, verse 41. Really, we see a little bit of Paul in Antioch, just, just a slight little bit. And the bulk of the story is him being in Ephesus. Ephesus is wild. It's probably one of my favorite Paul missionary stories. I don't know why, but I I think it's really interesting Uh, about Demetrius. Demetrius is a silversmith who is very upset with Paul. Not the demon-possessed guy. (laughs) The seven sons of Sceva and the the demon-possessed guy. Uh, Before we get into those stories, um, which obviously I guess it seems like we're kind of drawn to those stories, there is an interesting thing here that I want to uh, bring your attention to because this is a rare instance in Scripture, particularly in Acts, um, where people come to know Jesus but are without the Holy Spirit, which is really interesting and worth some discussion. If you look at the very beginning of chapter 19, um, it says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. So these are disciples in Ephesus. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. And that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Hmm. Uh, Sometimes this is used as a proof text. There's a a handful of them. Um, A text that would say, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit until some more mature believer, some missionary, some apostle, some would use the word apostle, lays their hands on you and asks that you can receive the Holy Spirit. So you can be a Christian without the Holy Spirit, and you need an apostle to lay hands on you so that you receive the Holy Spirit. And they will use this text to say that because on face value, it looks like these are Christian believing people who do not have the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with that? Do you see that or not? I guess I more or less thought like they weren't they weren't being baptized because of Jesus necessarily. They were doing it as like an imitation of John. So like were their hearts even in the right place in the first place? Exactly. I think their hearts were in the right place, but they, I mean, like, they only, had, there, they only yeah. had part of the information. Mm-hmm, and I think that is mm-hmm. like, it's good that you're picking that up because that's a very important detail. These people did not even know Jesus. Mm-hmm. They knew John and right. John's whole thing was repent for the kingdom of God is near. So they were like, they were down with that. They had repented and they knew that the kingdom of God was near. And so when Paul tells them about Jesus, he actually gives them the gospel for the first time and like tells them who Jesus is. They believe in Jesus and they uh, are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Well, so it we, is, it's not a separate instance. We guard that really have like in our own house. Um, like that's why many parents, many families don't just say, oh yeah, you want to get baptized? Let's do it. Like oftentimes for us, baptism is like, well, this is a serious thing. So like, we want to make sure that you're like taking the steps and you understand why. Because I think children even don't, they don't totally understand or comprehend sometimes why they are being baptized. Um, and I think it sounds to me like these men who were just following John's example, 
like they're like oh well we want to do that because like that yes. shows that we're serious yeah. about this but not necessarily knowing full well what the reasoning and like symbolism of that is uh, you can also see that when the holy spirit comes on them they begin speaking in tongues and prophesying mm-hmm. exactly like the audience at Pentecost. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And so they are speaking in tongues. This, it does not explicitly say that they were understandable languages like they were at Pentecost. So it may be something different. We'll talk about that when we get into 1 Corinthians. Um, but the, the the reality is they came to know Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Paul prays for them and they receive the Holy Spirit. So I I'm not like... I can I hang out with with people that would say you need to be um, you need to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and indwell you. Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit indwells you when you become a Christian. That seems to be what the Bible teaches. Um, if somebody is using this text to say that that it's something different, I think they're using the text incorrectly. Um, so then we get into the sons of Sceva, which is something Jenny is very excited to talk about. <laughs> I'm not really excited. I just think it was like, whoa, okay, that makes a lot more sense. So specifically, these guys are. They're not followers. Well, they're not Christ followers, right? These are like Jewish men that are still believing that they're under this old covenant. They're still waiting for whoever that said Messiah is. They're Jewish exorcists is actually what it says. Yikes. I don't really like that either. But um, anyway, I guess to me, what kind of caught my attention is that in the past when we've seen disciples or Jesus casting out demons, it's typically like... They're very fearful because they recognize God and they're like, okay, yep, sorry, we are not, we're not here. We're leaving. Just don't, don't hurt us. They ask for mercy a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. In this instance, the demon actually like overcomes the men who are trying to, I don't know, formula this demon out of this man. And so I think it's odd to me because I don't know that I've ever really read about a situation like this where the demon has more power than the person who is supposedly in the name of God. Now, these men are not. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I guess it's just it's odd to me because I've never seen it play out like this. I think the culture here is interesting because it's in the same paragraph that you find out. So, okay, so to tell the rest of the story, the demon just beats up the guys. Right. And Sends them like out naked. Scares everybody. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the demon in the man, like whoever right. was uh, possessed. Um, and then sh- in the same paragraph, it talks about how everyone in the city was bringing their magic books and burning their magic books. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe like the culture plus the story might mean uh, that these exorcists were just excited to try out like a new spell or magic word. It's weird. And the demon is like, I know Jesus and I've heard about Paul, but I don't know who you are. And then he just beats mm-hmm, him up. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is, like, Jesus is not your new magic word. You can't just, <laughs> like, speak Jesus over everything. And yeah. little dash of Jesus here, little dash of Jesus there solves your problems. Um, that That's a little bit weird. It's like it's the healing in faith. Like, in faith, you are going to heal this person. In faith, you're going to cast out in demons faith, in the name yeah. of Jesus. So I think this says a lot about Paul because it says even the verses prior that so much so his faith was... In his faith in his relationship with Jesus was so powerful that even the handkerchiefs and the aprons that had touched his own skin as they were carried to others after he had gone, those who were sick and diseased or evil spirits were within them. If they touched the, the pieces of cloth that Paul had touched, 
they too were able to be healed. So I think it says a lot about like, we are nothing. It is, it's like everything that is Jesus and God within us that has the power to do those things. Because it like, even like you said, when the demons recognize, oh, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is, but I have no clue who you are. That signifies that like, you're a nobody, but if Jesus is within you, you have power through him. Exactly. Jesus is worthless as a magic word. Right. Jesus is incredibly powerful as a Lord and Savior. When Mm -hmm. you come to relationship with Jesus and you are serving him, then you have incredible power. And I I like that you're calling out the power that Paul had um, because, like like you said, like even his handkerchiefs were able to do incredible things. (laughs) I'm not sure about all that. That seems wild. (laughs) Um, But... Then the the immediate next story in context is these guys trying to like mm-hmm. misuse the name of Jesus and they they get beat up and well, if, fear falls on Ephesus. I even think of it in the context of like if you think of any type of like king, right? If you are within like the the I don't know like the kingdom of a of all powerful king and you just say the name of that said king to somebody who's coming after you if they're fearful of the king they're not going to leave you alone Mm -hmm. but if you're just like flipping around the king's name and they're like you don't belong to that king i don't care what you say um it's just it it's so much more powerful to belong than to just use it as a little fancy tool exactly so the next story is about a riot in Ephesus, and it's probably one of my favorite stories about the power of the gospel, because Paul is preaching the gospel, the, the Bible says, like across all Asia. Uh, so it might be some hyperbole there. It might be that a lot of people are hearing the gospel. And what happens is uh, so many people are coming to faith in Ephesus that this silversmith, whose job is to make idols, his name is Demetrius, he's like, um, I'm going to lose a lot of money because these people are not buying idols anymore, which is a huge win for the kingdom. Like, how amazing is it when... Shop local. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. How amazing is it when people who love Jesus change their habits to the the point that it, like, affects the local economy? This is a huge mm-hmm. win for the kingdom of God. A huge win. And the only way that people can get around it is they cause a riot. Like, Demetrius finds his other idol-making buddies, and he's mm-hmm. like, hey, just so you know, they're not going to buy this stuff anymore. Which is funny because... Are they worried about their God that they serve or are they worried no. about themselves? They're worried about themselves. They don't care about the God that they serve. So they create this like huge riot and they they pull in Jewish leaders. They pull in Ephesian leaders. Eventually they're like, hey, this has to stop. Like you can't be throwing riots here because the Romans are going to be after us. We're going to be in a lot mm-hmm, of trouble. So mm-hmm. everything needs to calm down. But the powerful part of this story is that the gospel changed people's lives so much that the the wicked local economy stopped like imagine if Pornhub went out of business Mm -hmm. because there was no more business imagine if fentanyl was no longer a problem because nobody wanted to buy it like that's what happened Mm -hmm. in Ephesus it's not like a it's not an over exaggeration that is what happened yeah they were like huh like we don't need idols anymore I don't want to spend my money on idolatry that's evil and wicked I don't want to spend my money on x y and z there's plenty of things in our culture that would be amazing if they went away because People didn't want them anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of the gospel. Like the gospel that Paul is preaching, a life changed by Christ is so powerful that it leads you out of all the evil and wicked decisions you were making. And it is threatening to people who make their money doing evil and wicked things, but they're powerless against it. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing (laughs) Demetrius couldn't be like, hey, Jesus isn't real. The only thing you do is be like, okay, we need to throw a really (laughs) giant riot and really 
scare people, mm-hmm. which Diversion. is still the formula today. It still is. Like, we need to really make those Christians look crazy because if they start having an impact here, it's going to change the power we have. Mm-hmm. So that is how powerful we are uh, when we serve the name that is more powerful. Like, when we serve Jesus, we have power and is threatening, extremely threatening to the wicked people who are profiting off of their wickedness. So that I think that's an encouragement for all of us. Like, when we are changed by Jesus, I encourage you to be completely changed by Jesus, wholly changed by Jesus to the point that it affects your bank account and the decisions that you make and the things you subscribe to and the movies that you watch and the music you listen to. I don't know, like any kind of list. And I'm not coming from this legalistic angle of like, you better do this. It's like, man, (laughs) how amazing is it when you actually are changed outwardly because you've already been changed inwardly? Like when Jesus changes who you are, and your sin is put to death. Mm-hmm. How incredible is it when you are a new creation and you're interested in new things and different things that um, are edifying to your spirit, your soul, your body, your mind. Like, it's just amazing. So I encourage you to allow Jesus to continue to change who you are by the Holy Spirit, um, that you'd be continually made new in Christ. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 19. And they came to Ephesus, and he left from there, but he himself went out to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills, and he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed in Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch. After spending time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia strengthening all of the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Chapter 19. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Then he found some disciples and said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about twelve men in all, and he entered 
into the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that he had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found that it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Now after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but almost in all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess of Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with the confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know where they had come together. Some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, for about two hours they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, who is there who does not know that this is the city of the Ephesians? It's a temple keeper of the great Artemis, and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky. Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. 
let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.